0: what's up everybody we're about to kick off another wonderful episode of Truezilla. here we got an awesome guest tina marie from LearnTheRisk.org. um holy crap you guys wonderful conversation but i just want to pause real quick and just shout out how you can support the show um you can join us over on rockfin at rockfin.com forward slash truzilla create a free account come watch it over there we get crypto just for your clicks or you can make a premium account and you can watch all of the premium Truezilla videos and all the premium content from all the content providers on the entire site like sam triple e whitney webb all your favorites all our favorites um, and then we just launched our Patreon page, so patreon.com forward slash Truzilla. Um, we'll have bonus audio coming out there pretty regularly. Probably going to start doing all kinds of cool stuff on there, you know. Um, we just have the one tier right now, but we're looking at maybe just who knows. Who knows where that's going to go. But, you know, get on the ground floor. Come support us, you know what I mean? Also, truezilla.org forward slash shirts. T-shirt shop is on fire! Guys, if Woo! you go to truzilla.org forward slash shirts right now and get a T-shirt, enter promo code TRUTH there. Also, you get $10 off your order. Ten bucks off your order. Bam! Oh, what? shit.
1: Also, please come and see our, our new documentary, oh, The Ten yeah. Stages of Genocide. We're super like proud and of share that. it. We are, we're really proud of it, yes. and I think it's really relevant it's, right now. Yes. People need to see this. People need to see where this is going. Yep. Uh, one last thing I just wanted to plug before oh, we yeah. get into this amazing interview is please go to learnlarisk.org and support them. In certain, yep. uh, Tina Marie has a, a, a go get funding for uh, looking into the. the the possible wrongful death of brandy vaughn and yeah. uh and there's a lot of we'll get into it here but please go support them we all have and it's it's a very good yep. cause yep yes.
0: shout out to the Zilla mind militia call to action no absolutely all right guys enjoy the show
1: Right, welcome to Truthzilla. I'm Ed and I have my fellow host Scott here. Hello. And tonight we are speaking with Tina Marie from LearnTheRisk.org. Tina was a good friend, business supporter, and soul sister to Brandy Vaughn, a former Merck rep turned big pharma whistleblower who spoke out loudly against vaccines until her untimely death back in December of 2020. Tina has been carrying the torch, fighting for justice, making sure Brandy's message stays alive. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you. How, how are you me. doing tonight? I'm good. Exhausted.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, so yeah, um, I guess, uh, t- you know, to get started, just um, let's bring it back a little bit. How did you personally, you know, end up in this journey yourself? You know, I know for me, like I have a vaccine injured uh, son, and and that kind of led me down the path. Um, you know, I, I believed the lies at first, right? Like I had to really do my own research and, and find out that, you know, like what they're putting in these vaccines is not what they're telling people, for one. And and there's a lot of poisons, really. So um, how how did you end up in in this activism?
2: Well, for me, the journey of waking up to truth started back in 1997, when my grandfather was diagnosed with cancer. And I started falling into that rabbit hole. Um, I really believed there had to be cures. I, I was researching chemo and realizing it was poison. And um, I was seeing a lot of con- conflicting messaging regarding you know, healing cancer and finding a lot of people back then even that were speaking out about having healed their own cancers. And so that was back in 97. And I was already suspicious of pharma. I knew we could heal the body with food. But for Susan, the vaccine issue was still going over my head. Um, my oldest son was born in 96. And then my second oldest was born in 97. And I vaccinated them. And they came home healthy babies, and you know, then I didn't make the connection back then. But in hindsight, after I started vaccinating them, they were always sick with something. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't till 2007 or beginning of 2008, I had had my fourth child, and I had moved to um, California from Canada, and. In- I was late, I was always late with doctor's appointments, even with my older kids. So I feel that that was my only saving grace with the kids was I was a procrastinator. And I would always ask, like, I wanted the minimal given. It's like my intuition knew there was something wrong, but I just hadn't made the connection. I was blindly just, I wasn't even pro-vax. I was just blindly doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And you know, you're know, you always told, well, you, we were vaccinated. So what does it hurt? You know, You vaccinate the kids, but I didn't realize how much the vaccine schedule had grown. From when I was a child um, to what they were giving in, you know, even the early '90s, and so um, I ended up going to this doctor with my fourth child, and he was late. He had missed two well two wellness appointments, and they were um, just at, even at check-in, they were just upset with me, and everybody was freaking out that I'd missed these appointments, and I was like, well, what's the big deal? Just give them the shots today, then, and they were like, well, we didn't book it for that, and. So i said well we'll book it for another day like to me i didn't understand why they were making such a big deal about the shots being late and so then i went in into the office and my mom was visiting from canada at the time and she was um in the waiting room while i was in the office with the doctor and he started freaking out on me and telling me you know you need to um if you don't get those vaccines the shots today that you're going to have to sign a paper that says you're you realize you're putting his life at risk and I was like I asked I told them that you could do it today they said you were too busy and like I was thrown off by how angry he was and then he says well this is important so I'll make time for it and he leaves to go get the shots ready and he was going to make up extra shots that day I think he was going to give 12 shots I don't 9 to 12 shots that day um, wow. and when I asked about MMR and breaking that one up, because I had heard things about the MMR, sure. he got more angry about that. <laughs> and so then my mom came into the room and she said, what is taking so long? And I said, would you believe he started in on me now, about these stupid shots being late. And she says, would you believe that in the, um, front office, the, they're talking about you, like you're a bad mom and I'm overhearing it sitting in the, lo- in the waiting room. And then I was angry. And I grabbed the baby and I put him into his car seat. I buckled him up when the doctor came in. I said, this is the most unprofessional office I've ever been yeah. in. I will not, you will not be giving those shots today. And then he said, well, then you're going to sign up. And I said, I'm signing nothing. Yeah. And I grabbed him and I walked out. And that's when I went to go research. And when I started my research, I started connecting all the dots to my older children and the issues they had had with their health. Um, and you know, it was very eye opening for me. And then I started to tell people. I just thought, God, everybody would want to know this. Had I known the truth, I would have never vaccinated my own children. So then I was on a mission and, you know, just I didn't know you weren't supposed to talk about it. So I would mm-hmm. talk about it. And then um, Disneyland measles came. Oh, no, I think it was even before then. But the measles started to make, sure. you know, a big comeback. <laughs> yeah. And I saw the propaganda in the papers and I was like, they're lying. And then that's when my online activism became very, very strong. And a year from that is when they started to go after our rights in California yeah. um, and taking exemptions away. And that was the first time I'd ever involved myself in politics because I've always thought that, you know, I don't trust any politician yeah. and <laughs> I feel like the government has no business in my life <laughs> and I never wanted anything to do totally with things. I don't right. trust any of them, but that was the first time I got involved in trying to fight, fight for my rights and um in that process i woke up to how corrupted all of it is yeah. mm-hmm. um in 2013 i had my fifth child and she was born at home um i started to go to a doctor but i was very apprehensive about it because by this point i really you know was very awake to how dangerous the yep. medical industry yep. can be and how they can cause more problems Even with the birthing process, it's safer to have your children at home statistically.
1: For sure, 100. Uh, I
2: I was giving him a chance because that's how all my other children had been born, was in a hospital, and he knew how holistic I was. Um, And then the one day he offered, or he was kind of pushing the um, Tdap and flu shot on me while I was pregnant, and then that was my last day. The moment he did that, I realized he's not hearing me, he's not respecting me. And I found a midwife and ended up having my, my last child at home and she's perfect health. She's the healthiest of all of them. She never went through any of those normal childhood illnesses that the other kids all had. Um, and I just, you know, my oldest two had the most shots. The next two had very minimal shots. And then the last one had no shots whatsoever. And I can tell the difference in all of their health based on, you know, how many shots they had.
1: So you um, actually have like the vaxxed, unvaxxed study right right yeah. in your house, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the yeah. actual the va- evidence the right there. The fully vaxxed, yeah. Yeah. the
2: delayed and, you know, the, well, they were all delayed because I was always late with it. But the fully vaxxed for the older two and then the barely any vaccines for the next two. And the one that's not vaccinated at all and huge difference yeah. between you know all of them Well Dr. Paul so, Thomas
1: just came out with the, his vax unvax study from his because he had a practice basically like your family like was he had fully vaxxed, partially vaxxed, and unvaxed and I mean the evidence is right there like so it's what we already knew but now we have evidence to support it right so right yeah.
2: right And so in the process of um, the SB 277 in California, Mm. where we were fighting for our rights. Uh, I know that there are some rallies that were starting to go on in other um, cities and nobody was taking on the Bay Area, doing a a rally at um, San Francisco Bridge. So a friend of mine kept bugging me that we should take it on. And I had never done anything like that before. So she had to bug me for a while and I eventually caved. And so we were taking on, putting on a rally and then Brandy uh, reached out to me. I had seen Brandy and I were friends online at that point and I had um I really resonated with what she was talking about as far as she was very um factual and would speak yeah. truth she yeah. wasn't like a lot of um the other parts of the medical freedom movement where they spoke about choice like don't talk about it being poison just focus on choice is what they would always say and Brandy's messaging was that people won't know to make they won't know um, the importance of fighting for their rights and their choice if they don't understand how dangerous vaccines sure, are. Sure. And I really stood behind that messaging because when you know how dangerous they are, choice, you know, to me is irrelevant. People are going to do what it takes to protect their child only when they understand, you know, what is how dangerous the vaccines can be. And so um, she then also started to online before I ever met her, I was noticing she was calling out controlled opposition within the movement. Mm. And I, I, you know, it really, everything she was saying made sense and it wasn't popular. And I thought, you know, she wouldn't be, there's nothing for her to gain by putting this message out there. Um, she said that a lot of the tactics that she was seeing within the movement were the similar tactics she saw within the pharmaceutical industry of how, They would get pharma reps to shadow a doctor and, you know, kind of keep an eye on that doctor. And you really got to know them, got to know their family. You got in very close because you would then shadow them and kind of it it helped you to influence them. Sure. And she was seeing similar tactics happening within the medical freedom movement. Um, And she was getting blocked from a lot of um, speaking events. Um, There's always pushback because she couldn't be controlled. So when she reached out to me, um, when we were doing the rally in San Francisco, she wanted to know if she could help us um, get speakers and would help support, like give us some funds towards helping make that rally happen and help us lead it really. And I was happy to take you know, her assistance because I one respected um, her position within the medical freedom movement. And I also was in over my head taking on that rally so we met in july 2015 at the rally in san francisco and we we hit it off i mean we became very close and inseparable um she would every time she came through the town i was living in at the at that time she would stop at my house and we would strategize we were hanging out before learn the risk even ignited i was going to start something similar to learn the risk back then um but not nearly as um um, well done is what she was doing. And so as soon as I knew what her platform was and what she was planning to do, I just decided to support her efforts instead. And, um, we, we just became close to I mean We, we hung out through the doing, you know, activism, but we also, our children hung out and, um, we would babysit her son sometimes if she was busy, you know, working, uh, we, you know, we just became very, very close and, and continued on this mission together for the next five years. We traveled together. Um
1: so, so tell me about learntherisk.org. So, so what is what is their message, and what what is what because how does it differ from say you know, um, I mean there is the medical freedom movement, and I know you kind of spoke that you know like. Your truth is, and I I identify with this, I will say as well, you know, I I think the, the farther I've looked at vaccines, I'm like, they're all poison, right? Like, the farther I go, I'm like, well, I don't really, I think people should know that you know, th- th- whoever puts them in their body, you're injecting poison, right? Like you right. Sh- you can have a choice, but it, it, really you should know that there's poison in there. So um, so I identify with that as well. But um, how would learn the risk uh, specifically? What would, did, did they have a specific message or, or um, was it so separate? She would,
2: she would focus on, you know, independent science that sure. she would push out. And she would also share um, stories of... You know children that had either been severely damaged or um died because of the vaccines so she kept it very very factual and i mean we didn't waste time like the, what i would say about the choice messaging is you know we don't need to say that obviously sure. we have a choice like yeah. why why throw that in there at all we yeah. have the choice we always know sure. we have the choice but people aren't going to make the right choice and they're not going to fight for maintaining their um right to choice unless they understand the risks and it's really all risk, no benefit. Mm-hmm. And a child has the other part piece to this, is a baby and a child up until the age of 18, they have a right to their bodily autonomy. Yeah. And we have, you know, people that think they're doing the right thing because they're you know, being lied to by a very powerful industry, yeah. but you are affecting their DNA, yeah. um, increasing risks of cancer because there's carcinogenic ingredients in yeah. vaccines and 13-1 of a vaccine insert states that the vaccines are not tested for carcinogenic effect. So we're hurting, you know, children that have no choice, the children have no choice. So that's why I never went along with that messaging because I don't think we have a right to hurt another human being's bodily autonomy. And so, you know, I I stood very strong on truth um, and that if people have the truth then they will have the opportunity to make the right choice.
1: Um, yeah. And I, I think, you know, I mean, I look at it too. It's most people just don't understand the basics about anything about vaccines. I mean, so, I mean, you got to start from square one and some, I mean, you don't even know what an adjuvant is. Then if you don't know what an adjuvant is, you don't know why we're seeing autoimmune diseases from vaccines, right? If you know how those things are connected, then then it makes perfect sense, right? And it's almost you can't you can't even separate the two, really. So
0: well, I'd, right. I'd okay. like even say take it a step back even further, you know. And then one of the things that I know that Brandy talked a lot about, like in her in her uh, speeches that I've seen, it's just right out the gate. It's like if you think that the pharmaceutical companies are here to to cure your diseases, like you're out of your mind. Yeah. Like this is a business. You are a product. That Get yeah. over it. Like if yeah. you think like and you know, if if you think the government is here and gives a crap about you or the media is doing anything other than propagandizing you, and if you think Get that but pharmaceutical companies care about your health. Then just get get out. I don't even have time. And which which CEO of
1: the big pharma was it that just said you know that, that we are in the the industry of shareholder wealth or you know we are we're not even not health it's shareholder profits, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's, that's how big business is set up. And it's just, you can't think that in this industry is separate from any other, right? Like totally. it's, it's, it's the, it's the same, same formula. And it's the same thing in big ag and everything we look at, but, um, but big pharma, it's, they're kind of the biggest when you put it in the medical. And I mean, they're, they're the biggest and they're the biggest liars too. Right. Yeah. Like that. So,
0: and if I have to pay out $5 billion in damages, but I make $15 billion, that's just the cost of doing business. Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. Totally, you know? totally. Yeah. So, totally. And
2: most people don't realize that, the vaccine um, schedule has went like back in the late 60s, early 70s, they were giving three vaccines. Then around 1986, it was 12 vaccines. Well, now, by the time a child is 18 years old, they're getting 72 doses on the CDC's recommended schedule and then another two doses during pregnancy. And that was one thing I didn't understand. You know, we just say, oh, well, we're all vaccinated Mm -hmm. when we're younger. But they, people have no idea how much mm. that schedule has increased. And they also don't realize that in 1986, the um, government basically protected the va- vaccine manufacturers from all liability. And they said that vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then when they push that law, that's when more and more um, vaccines were added to the CDC schedule. Sure, but people have no idea about any of that. They don't yeah. know what VAERS is, yeah. the, um, the vaccine recording. Yep. Uh, where you can report and then there's like a, a cap at how much money they can get for vaccine injury or death. Yeah. And um, they say that less than 10% are even getting reported. And mm-hmm. they've already paid well over 4 billion yeah. out to those that are vaccine injured.
0: Absolutely. And and I've, I can admit, like I've been to the VAERS site, the CDC, it's like wonder.cdc.gov. And it's in, it can be difficult to manage and navigate if you've never been there. But I've came across recently a website, openvaers.com. Open V A E R S, especially if you're looking for like COVID, uh, VARES data, like they just have it pretty accessible right there
1: on the page. So anyway, sure, just, sure. yeah, yeah, and uh, the you know the Harvard Medical School that looked at, they said less than one percent of cases were reported by VARES. So, so there's, I think. I believe that. Yeah, there's a, there's a much greater epidemic than, than they're reporting. But, I mean, you know, I'm sure you know as, as, as well as we do, in any of these cases that end up going through the vaccine court, I mean, they are just drugged through the ringer and they are fought tooth and nail. And, and that, that 250000 for for the death versus, you know, they, they, they fight people until those kids die. They, they do it repeatedly. And that, that, is, that is just how the system works.
2: And there's a two-year limit, so a lot of times people, by the time they find out about bears, they're past the two-year mm-hmm. limit, and they can't do anything yeah, anyway. Yeah, totally. So yeah, totally. It's underreported, and you know, a, a lot th- with that limit being in there, you know, it's less chance that somebody can even be compensated for injury or death.
1: Sure, sure, and and like, th- the information has to get out because most people just don't even know. They don't even know that they sh- they have to document this stuff because the doctors aren't gonna for you unless mm-hmm. you make them yeah. put it in their notes. So that's it's why, great. that's why the, that's why none of this stuff gets reported because people don't know. And it's the same thing that the doctors say, you know, um, that's just normal, man. I mean, I had a, my daughter, when she was a kid, she went through the spell of, she threw up like almost every single day for like months and, and it's normal. I mean, it's, you know, it's, just, it's normal. They just tell you it's normal and it's like, it's a phase or that's my favorite. It's a phase, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So,
2: it's normal because most kids are being vaccinated. Yeah, and exactly. And now, you know, nor- sick is normal nowadays. Yeah. There's hardly a health- healthy child to be found these days. Yeah, mm-hmm. certainly.
0: the or, or SIDS, like, oh, the kid died. What What is it? I don't know, just sudden instant infant death. We have no idea. Wow. Hmm. Crazy, dude. Yeah, Insane. and it's just a
2: coincidence. If yeah. they happen to have the shots even within 12 <sighs> hours, they'll say, oh, no, it wasn't that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's my favorite one that they pull all the time. Oh, yeah, no, it had nothing to do with
1: that. Well, and then the SIDS dropped way down when the lockdowns first hit and people weren't going to their well check appointments. But imagine that we we don't, we don't need to point that out for them. Right. So (laughs) imagine that. Wow. Um, so, okay, we're, let's get, so, so let's get into Brandy. So, so what happened? Uh, you know, let's lead up to, to what happened with her.
2: Okay. So she was always concerned that her life, um, would be ended untimely yeah. um, she was very I you know a lot of her friends sure. you know I I think I've even had it flutter through my mind we thought she was being paranoid um, so she would often ask me over the years um, if anything were to happen to me would you raise my son and I would always tell her yes of course I would but I never ever thought that this you know that she would die early um, and then she was with us for Thanksgiving this year uh, they, she took her son on a road trip for, um, just for, he'd always wanted to be on, uh, our go in a RV and take a trip. And she called and asked if they could come spend Thanksgiving with us. And we were around and I, when I was happy, they were going to come by. And so they stayed with us for three days, two nights, and we had a great time. We played cards late into the night. We had Thanksgiving dinner together. We, she wanted to go dancing the one night, um, which we could have done, but I found out too late about the place that was open. And um, we went to a cafe a couple of times and had lunches together there. There was no signs whatsoever um, of her being in any pain. She was her normal self. Um, And then they left to continue their trip to go to the Grand Canyon and they went to the crater in Northern Arizona. And then she headed back home in between that time, her best friend from high school who also was there for her son's birth, uh, I think it was five days later, she happened to be traveling through Arizona and asked if we could get together. And I thought it was funny timing because I hadn't seen Brandy in I guess about a year, maybe a little more. Um, and I hadn't seen you know, her best friend from high school for many years or probably a few years. And so we, I ended up going down to Tucson to meet up with her and told her that Brandy, you know, it was just funny timing and that the Brandy had been down and um, told her that Brandy was still worried about an untimely death. She always had been for years sure. and that she had asked me if I would raise her son, if anything were to happen. And then after that, I would say it was maybe three days later that we found out that she had passed. And then just life became crazy um first week i didn't get i think i got like 24 hours of sleep in a full week i was i would fall asleep for like three or four hours and then get up again and and um be doing things and i'll read uh what she had wrote on facebook a year before her death please do which is what please do this is what motivated me to um just motivated me into action because it's you know if i knew I guess if I had put something out, that, out there like this, I would want my wishes to be honored. And so I feel very passionate about honoring her yeah, wishes.
1: Certainly.
2: So about on December, um, December 1st, 2019, she wrote this and her passing was on December 7th, 2020. So almost a year. Yeah. Exactly. She says the post I wish I didn't have to write. But given certain sudden tragedies over the last couple of years, I feel it's absolutely necessary to post these 10 facts and please screenshot this for the record. I've never had any thoughts of taking my own life, not once ever, even before I had my son. Two, I have a huge mission in this life. Even when they make it very difficult and scary, I would never take my own life, period. Three, Sebastian means everything to me and I would never leave him, period. I have sole custody and he needs me as much as I need him. I would never think of leaving him for a second. Four, I have never been on an antidepressant nor been diagnosed as depressed. Don't believe it if you ever hear anything like this. Five, I've never taken a daily pharmaceutical drug and I haven't taken any pharmaceuticals in 10 years. And 10 years ago, it was one pill, one day, nothing over the counter, nothing by prescription. In other words, I'm not on anything that could kill me unexpectedly or suddenly. I've never done illegal drugs either. Not even once. Six. There's no way anyone could get into my house. No robbers, no angry exes, which I don't have, by the way, no fanatical people. My house is like Fort Knox, unless it was someone super professional. It just wouldn't be possible for anyone without highly special equipment and tactics, i.e. remotely taking down my high level security system, which they have done before, unfortunately. But my place is also highly secure in a hardwired kind of way. So even if the power was out, most people could still never get in. Seven, if something were to happen to me, it's foul play and you know exactly who and why, given my work and mission in this life. I'm also not accident-prone, and I've got the highest health rating possible when I went through a battery of medical tests. I think it was for insurance. I cut that part off. Uh, Seven. If something were to happen to me, it's foul play, and you know exactly. Oh, I did redo it. Sorry. I've got the highest health rating possible when I went through a battery of medical tests a couple of years ago for my life insurance policy. Eight, if something were to happen to me, I have arranged for a close group of my friends to start a GoFundMe to hire a team of private investigators to figure out all the details. I have the team and have passed the info on to them. Oh, and money for a PR firm to make it national news. There would be a press release sent to every journalist in this country and more. It would not be swept under the rug and it would be their worst nightmare. Nine, there have been many on this mission or a similar one that have been killed and it's time to stop it's time the bullshit stopped this darkness cannot win 10 i will never stop speaking out for those who no longer can even if from the other side where i imagine i would be far more powerful is it
0: wow well wow. she's uh she's speaking yeah. out from the other side she's with us here today and and her
2: One more paragraph, I have a team of angels surrounding me every day, every step of this journey, but prayers of protection and love are always appreciated. So when I heard the news, I immediately um, kicked into action. I got a GoFundMe started for the investigation and the second autopsy and I was met with resistance almost as fast. Um, There were people within the medical freedom movement that I've actually, her and I have had conversations about, because I would ask, we would always, when we get together, which we had just been together nine days before, some of these names had actually come up, and we had talked about them, and she, you know, there were people that she was friendly with, but didn't fully trust. Sure. And she didn't trust very many people. And so, all of a sudden, I was getting phone call I was getting put in all these group messages, and they were telling me if I didn't make the fundraiser, for only her son, that the high the leaders of the freedom movement, and she named this person specifically named names, which I won't do. Um, yeah. People can figure it out for themselves. Yeah. Um, she named a bunch of the leaders and the, medical, the well-known ones, and that they won't support my fundraiser unless it was only for her son, which told me that the medical freedom movement wasn't interested in honoring her wishes for having a full investigation or the second autopsy. And I just, you know, I, I continued on with my path. I knew I was going to honor her wishes and I, I can't, I wasn't going to allow myself to be coerced like that. Um, she, Brandy didn't trust anyone outside i mean if you weren't on her path with learn the risk and speaking full truth 100 percent truth and on that mission she really didn't trust very many she was yeah. friendly with some but she didn't trust fully anyone and so i wasn't going to um allow them to coerce me into stopping you know doing honoring her wishes and um they ended up getting the first um fundraiser shut down mm-hmm. And then i started another one and they ended up getting the second one shut down that one i ended up managing to get back up again um they they've been using her son as their pawn in this um you know and they're using him to gain sympathy um but he he is all right (laughs) um it's hard for me to talk about this because i don't you know i'm not really supposed to go into what's all happening and i I want to, you know, maintain his privacy, um, but he has been exploited by people that are, uh, close this, and this is more of a new update that I haven't spoke about yet, but he has publicly been exploited. And I knew I was afraid that that would happen and it did happen. And I've had a hard time trying to stop it. Um, He was exploited by someone that she did not like, like for sure, hands down, did not like this person. And that person got into her home and um, has publicly exploited her son. And I've been trying to get it taken down and I've been, um, I've been unsuccessful. It seems like nobody surrounding her son um, that has some control is doing anything to stop this exploitation of him. And um, it's, it was really hard for me to see that because I knew how much she disliked this person and to see him, in her home and with her son, um, it's really, really, really hard for me. Um, and I just feel like I, my hands are tied. I'm unable to, you know, fully honor all of her wishes as much as I try. I'll never give up. Um, but there's only so much I can do. Uh, nobody's been able to find a will. I do believe there is one. Um, and it's being, we're being told that, the will is an illegal will if it's there. And, um, they're, I don't, it for a person to say that is also a huge red flag to me. Cause mm-hmm. you know, why would a, if you're her friend, you would want to know what her wishes were and you'd want to honor her wishes. Yeah, you wouldn't certainly. throw out, Oh, it's an illegal will. So, um, I, you know, I've just, I've had a lot of roadblocks. I do have a lot of really, um, close friends that have been helping, um, and also uh, others that were very close to Brandy and to, um, who supported her mission? You know, I have a great support team. It's just mm. that our hands are very tied for sure. parts of, uh, for a lot of it. We're we're just getting, every step of the way. There's been hurdles, and um, we're not giving up. I mean, I absolutely will continue. I mean, there's been days where I'm like, is it even worth doing what I'm doing? But mm. all I like go back to is. I mean, I have five kids of my own, and if I had wishes that I had made known made known, I would want people honoring my wishes for my children. And so that is basically what fuels me to continue trying to honor what she wanted.
1: And I think that, I mean, just looking at what we know, there's, it's just almost certainly foul play, right? Like, I mean, it's just, it just has to be, cause what, what, cause there was a first autopsy and what, what are they saying that, that she died from? I mean, you said, you said well, second autopsy. So, so, so they, so they was, haven't there?
2: released anything from the first autopsy, okay. but that same person who was trying to um, stop me from fundraising unless it all went to the sun. Um, sh- she started pushing out a narrative on social media that it was her gallbladder. Uh, and, and I did hear from, um, I did hear from others that were close that I you know I trust what they're saying, that she was having stomach pain in the final few days before her passing. Um, but that doesn't rule out foul play. You mm, know, it, I mean, sure it could not, have been slow poisoning. It could have been anything. Um, and I'm not saying for sure that it is foul play. It's just that I'm going to honor what she wanted, and that was a thorough investigation. And the more people try to get in the way of that investigation, the more suspicious it becomes, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Sure, certainly, certainly. And you now, uh, just just a, a question. Now, I know, like for me, like when I learned vaccines and like how like the big pharma like i've really started attacking now big ag and i like i i eat really healthy and i'm like trying to trying to like change those habits was was, uh brandy i'm guessing she was probably a very healthy person as well and like took care of herself and and this this is just not like her right like this is this is just when 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 people eat right and take care of their bodies these kind of things don't just go come out of nowhere right like it doesn't that's just not how things work
2: she was a healthy eater um uh yeah she was a healthy eater and it doesn't make sense that she would pass so fast you know even if she they're trying to also push a narrative that oh this is what happens if you don't go for medical help i'm thinking Mm -hmm. if you really understood the medical industry you would know that statistically You, you statistically more are passing away, especially during this COVID stuff.
1: Yep, yeah.
2: <laughs> from going to get medical help. Oh, for
1: sure, for yeah. sure. So, it it kind of goes yeah. along with the whole whistleblower thing, though. It's like they'll make an example of, like, oh, look, if she just wouldn't have come back to us, you know, we could yes. have saved her. You know, exactly. So. Um, yeah,
2: and it's people within the medical freedom movement that are, you know, some of them are pushing that narrative. And yeah, so, yeah. but then again, she was a person that also spoke out about controlled opposition. So. Yeah. yeah. Having people, you know, if you are pushing that narrative the day after she passed, then you are not a friend of hers because you're not honoring what she said herself publicly a year ago that she would want a full investigation. Sure. And, and, you know, they immediately were trying to basically push out a narrative because they didn't want the investigation to happen. And then they also were coming after me that if I didn't make the um, fundraiser just about her son, that nobody was going to support it. And then, you know, they're saying, oh, the woman that has him, she really needs the money. <laughs> and I was like, and at that point, I think it was at $20,000 and I, and they're saying she needs it to feed him. And I'm like, she needs it to feed him. Like how much does he eat? $20, worth? <laughs> and, and, you
3: know,
2: the crazy thing is, is yeah. if I, if I would have been able to have them come to us, um, I wouldn't have needed to fundraise for sure. him. I would have been sure. able to afford, you know, to take care of him and that wouldn't have yeah. been an issue at all. So it's concerning. And, um it's just it's also concerning that they publicly were using him to push publicly put that same messaging out there that you know and they're basically trying to discredit me in this video that's floating around out there that I you know don't I just care about they actually made it sound like I just care about money and that I'm wanting it for myself and which is ridiculous um, because yeah clearly working hard at trying to get um, this and that, I, I mean, the investigation is underway. Sure.
1: Good. Sure. That's, that's encouraging. That's great. I, w- I will say, you know, all of Truthzilla has done our part. We've, we've, yeah. and we will put a link in the show yep. notes. So, so all of our listeners can, can help donate as well. But um, it is interesting to me though. You know, one of the things you said, you know, said there, we haven't even seen the results from a first autopsy yet. There's a narrative out there. So how does, how is there a narrative even exist if there is not even any autopsy evidence and it was, I mean, it, 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 I, yeah, to well me- went,
2: I guess they went on their phone and I guess she had had um, an appointment with like a naturopathic type doctor um, and something that she had told a tutor that her, her stomach was hurting and she thinks it's her gallbladder. And so they took screenshots okay. and they quickly threw that out into, you know, public eye, which again is, you know, um, it's. It's going against her right to privacy, mm-hmm. and sure. yeah. it's going against what her wishes were. I mean, if you're if you if you honored her, you would do it. I just read, yeah, <laughs> which is certainly. out there for them all to read, and they're not. They're they're making excuses as to why they're not wanting to honor her wishes, which um, is frustrating.
1: Yeah, that is that is scary to me though too. Like the um, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, within the medical freedom movement, these people because I mean. You know, you think that we're just all one team, right? Like that—that's how it appears. But I—I I do think that there is, you know, I, I mean, I'm learning. I'm learning that there's there's, uh, you know, you got to watch out. Of course, they've infiltrated us. Of course, they have, right? Yeah. Like, the, like it, we I, know I how they work every in everything. Movement. You know, every movement. Of course, it's infiltrated. Every movement, but, yeah. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, good information. Um, I had another question. I lost it. Um.
0: So what, uh, do we, are you able to speak about anything about the investigation itself? I know we probably don't want to do too much into that, but is there anything that you're comfortable sharing or anything that, um, you know, can give our audience some hope and encouragement?
2: Well, we had found, um, I had someone helping me. Um, I I have a private investigator hired who's working on this and, um, others have been helping and we did manage to find the only blood next to kin for, um, Brandy up until that point there, nobody really had a right to be doing anything with their stuff. Although they were, Hmm. and, um, the, I, you know, this blood next to kin was totally on board with trying to honor her wishes. And we just found out today that now they've actually gotten to him as well. And he's no longer interested in honoring her wishes. Um, it's frustrating. I don't, I just feel like I'm up against professionals Yeah, <laughs> sure. and sure. You know, out of the gate, they, they were running with their narrative. Um, they had gotten to family, which is not her family, but, um, through the, through the father's side to her son. Um, although she had sole custody, she had gotten to know, um, some of the family over there. And they had developed a relationship with them and they seem like very nice people. I think they're just naive to what we're up against. Mm-hmm. Sure. And at one point at the beginning, they wouldn't speak to me because they had heard, they said that they had, she, she, I was told that they had poisoned, they had poisoned my name with her. And I was able to, because I knew, you know, the best friend from high school and um, I knew someone else that had known them in Europe. Who had met them and they trusted that woman. So I basically was able to get them to understand how close. Plus, they knew that she had been with me for Thanksgiving because she had told them that herself. So I was able to momentarily redeem myself. And they were, she, she actually um, ended up saying that I reminded her Brandy, my passion and my drive, mm-hmm. and um saying how much she missed Brandy and that she wanted to honor her wishes. But I feel like they're I feel like the family over there is being threatened that um, it would take longer for um, them to uh, have the son if if they involve themselves with me. And um, that's you know, absolutely untrue. And I think it's also that they, I think they're saying that the investigation happens that somehow that will slow things down. I, I just feel like the family's been um, manipulated and threatened and they again then cut off contact with me they were supportive of me um getting what i needed while i was in santa barbara the first time which was um the cell phone and the laptops because we absolutely need that for the investigation uh but that's being withheld from us
0: um
2: and the grandma she was willing to i mean she was begging them to give what we needed and they're they're it never happened they just they're absolutely they're absolutely withholding every. I mean, we're really having a lot of roadblocks, and they are withholding um, belongings that they really have no right to wh- hold on to. And it's been very, very frustrating. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Now, I, I remembered I wanted to kind of go back to, to one of the points you made earlier, too, is that the. Um, so, so you started the GoFundMe and it got shut down. Yeah,
0: we're not big fans of GoFundMe. Yeah, we're, we've we've yeah. seen that. No, that I
1: happen. <laughs> a couple
2: I knew of better. I knew better so, actually because yeah. I knew of some other activists that had yeah. it shut down. But I was so tired in those early, you know, it was basically I think day one, and I was so tired and you know emotionally drained, and I just
1: sure. made the sure. wrong decision out of the Certainly. gate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Certainly. Mm-hmm. So and then do you said it got shut down a second time. Was that with the Go Get funding? Or? It was a
2: different. I went to Go Get funding, yeah. and that one got turned. I uh, got shut down, but wow. I ended up writing them a letter, and they you know, after the letter came in, they, within 24 hours, it was back up again. So well, that's you know, good. Go good. Cause you'll so go get funding is much, much better. <laughs> totally. Certainly.
1: Certainly. We got to have one option, right? Yeah. Come something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I think it's worth mentioning too, like, you know, uh, in addition to Brandy kind of, um, talking about this, you know, how the foresight that she had, but she was also being targeted. Like it was very clear yeah. that she like leading up to it, you know, there's a very haunting video where she's walking through her house, like showing like the types of, uh, you know, you know, almost borderline like gang stalking type stuff. Just, just psychological, yeah. just psychological okay. stuff. Um, what, what was some of that stuff?
2: Yeah, they had broke into her home and they, um, but they didn't take anything. They just moved things around. They took her computer, put it into the middle of the kitchen. Uh, they took a bench from uh, out by the garage and they stuck it in front by her front door where there was blinds that were open a little. And it was the only blinds around the whole house that were open. So it was almost like a sign of we're watching you. Mm-hmm. Um, they, she used to always say in her videos that she felt like a sitting duck mm-hmm. and they put a duck statue on her back patio. Um, she had had her accounts uh, messed with her bank accounts and her website had been, learn the risk had been messed with as well. Uh, and that actually, we are, I'm, I, that's part of my struggles too, is with trying to, um, you know, get it all, everything organized with learn the risk. Some of that I didn't have, I used to have the passwords for, but because it had to, it had been sabotaged and had to be restarted. I, there's been, you know, some, some struggles with some of the passwords, you know, retrieving them. I'm, I'm on parts of it already because, um, you know, pieces of it I could access, but parts of it are still, you know, I'm still working on it. Um, it's just been, it's been a layered, you know, struggle (laughs) of trying to get things done, but We're slowly chipping away at it.
0: Awesome. So you feel like you got all the support you need throughout all this um, tech wise Mm -hmm. and all that? Do you, I I don't know. Like we got, we got, we got the mind militia out there. We call them. I don't know. It's called action (laughs) folks. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else, right? right? No, no.
2: I mean, definitely fundraising slowed down um, after, you know, a lot of their little sabotage tactics um, that has slowed it down a bit but I intend to keep as I have time and as I, you know, have people reach out that I trust.
0: Yeah, true. I, I guess that's a big interviews. factor. Yeah.
2: I don't, you know, I only will do interviews through connections that totally I trust. So. Sure. And luckily I have a lot of that because several years ago, um, I was already starting to step out of the medical freedom movement. Mm-hmm. Not that I wasn't helping anymore. It's just that I didn't trust a lot. Of, the only thing I trusted was learn the risk. But I knew that we needed to get out of that. I call it an echo chamber. Yeah. I feel sure. like you know, there's a lot of drama in the medical freedom movement and a lot of um, a lot of you know diver- diver- diversion tactics where they get everybody arguing and fighting and then it throws us off of our mission, which is to get out there and speak truth and educate. Yeah. And I believe we need to get the educating happening outside of social media. Like we need yeah. to be,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know one of the things that we do with um, like the, the learn the risk has um, we have educational tools on the website where you can buy, you know, information cards that are the size of a business card. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting gas, you can, you know, stick it in the credit card slot yeah, so The next person nice. takes it out and, you know, it's a planted seed, even if they throw sure. it away, they've seen it first mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, leave them in restrooms or as you get braver with um, with your activism that you start handing it, like I would hand it out to, a pregnant mom or someone with small children I would strike up conversation with people all the time because I felt like you know I wish someone would have warned me I would have made yeah, different choices certainly. had someone let me know and there still has to be people out there that are like me that just don't know mm-hmm. you just don't know what you don't know yeah, and absolutely. so I wasn't doing as much with um I was pulling away I would block a lot of people within the medical freedom movement <laughs> if I saw that they were antagonistic and like feeding into drama or causing trouble sure. or if they'd done anything to Brandy and I knew that they were bad news, I would have them blocked because I didn't want to waste my time and energy, you know, in, in the drama of the medical freedom yeah, movement, which, you know, I didn't trust most of it. And so I was also starting to go to Anar. I went to Anarchapoco three years in a row and I met a lot of great, amazing people there. Um, and so, when I was threatened that, you know, people in the movement weren't going to support me, I knew that I could reach out for support elsewhere sure. um, from people who are really, you know, really genuinely on a good path of, you know, speaking truth and yep. um, that I trusted.
1: Yeah, certainly.
0: certainly. Um, have you Love experienced, that. have you experienced any threatening, anything, indications of anything or just weird behavior?
2: I haven't. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not in fear whatsoever. Yeah, sure. Um, there's been moments where I've paused and thought, is this smart to do, but I'm not feeling fear. I think that Brandy was an, uh, target even more, more because she was an actual whistleblower. Like she spoke out, she used to work for the industry. Mm-hmm, so yeah. she saw what was going on on the inside. I also have had a lot of messages coming in where people wondered if she had been asked to testify in mm-hmm. some trials that are coming up regarding biox. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the medication that she uh, sold that was killing hundreds of thousands, and they they were wondering if maybe she'd been asked because there I guess these trials are coming up, and she was yeah. they wonder if she was asked to testify or was going to be asked to testify, and then also um, there is another drug coming out. Basically, it's like Vioxx all over again, but mm. being renamed and you know repackaged, packaged, do. and put it, pushed out again. And then with COVID being such a hot topic, you know, there's kind of multi layers as to why she may have been targeted Mm -hmm. now. Um, And also she hadn't been living in Santa Barbara for a few years. She had moved to Europe, um, but her son wasn't doing well there. He hated it there and she felt really guilty about having had moved him there. So she came back. She did talk about that with me nine days before as well, how guilty she felt that, you know, she just felt like he had withdrawn and, um, he was picked on when he was living there because English uh, was you know his first language mm-hmm. and so he was like a foreigner there yeah um and so she was talking about that and that was a big reason why she moved back and then she moved up to Sausalito um for a bit didn't like it there and eventually the beginning of um I think it was in March she moved back to Santa Barbara and so she was really back to, as far as I'm concerned, kind of ground zero as to where all the intimidation stuff had been happening in the past when she started speaking out. She was back there again, sure. and that's where her house had been broken into. and so you yeah, I'm well, I, a piece of me is you know suspicious of the fact that when she moved back to where all that had been going on, that's where she ended up you know passing.
1: yeah, makes sense. I mean, I would be too for
0: sure. Yeah, well, man, like I just it just blows me away, you know. I I just uh on a daily basis I'm just continually reminded about just what it is we're up against. And like yeah, when I first started to sure. wake up, I just started to see more and more of it. And it hurts. It's a painful process. I don't blame people for not wanting to open their eyes and see yes. this stuff or or when you do see, or are presented with some evidence, you want to retract and shy away because it's scary. It's frightening. But, you know, people push through and they arrive at a place where it's like, you know, I I feel like I maybe need to do something. And then sometimes, you know, all of that, all of our life leading up to these certain things prepares us for what comes next. And we all of a sudden find ourselves emerged in these places. Like, I never thought I'd have a podcast or do some of the things that I'm doing and have a voice and a platform. Like, this is insane. I have no idea what's happened. And, And it's just so encouraging to see you kind of grow into that position. And you're just, you are a very... Powerful voice, you know, and I know that a lot of people certainly uh, look up to you. Uh, you know, I talked to a couple people I just came from like a like a uh, uh, kind of a freedom type uh, Get-together right before this, you know, big old meeting 60 people in the room. No mass fuck you type of thing You know what I mean? And just like, uh, you know, I talked to a couple of people there I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go uh, interview dinner. They're like, oh from learn the risk. I'm like, yep And so it's just like, you know, yeah. you're like there's people out there and there's yeah, so many absolutely. people that uh, are, are with you and standing yeah, with you. And, and it's just, um, you know, it's a real, real honor to have you on the show. Like this is just certainly. a real, real yeah. awesome experience. Thank you so much. Um, can you tell us where we can find you or how best to support you? And if you have any other final thoughts or anything, please.
2: Um, we can be supported on learntherist.org. There on the first page, there's a donate button. Um, we now can accept cryptocurrency donations awesome. as nice. well. Awesome, nice. I had someone help me with that. And uh, the, the fundraiser is actually linked to the page. So learntherisk.org. Um, and yeah, we do need more fun. You know, we need to continue with the fundraising because private investigations are not cheap. Absolutely. And nor is a second autopsy. Um, and we also need it to um, keep, uh, keeping. you know, we have to get everything organized still with Learn the Risk. There's a lot still to get figured out. Um, and basically everything that all her wishes, uh, that she wanted honored will be taken care of with the fundraising. And I mean, you know, I feel like we don't know for sure that her life, um, was given to this cause, uh, her life's mission, but, um, it's, it's definitely possible. I mean, she went through hell (laughs) and she deserves to, um, be honored this way
1: and i think i think it should just be pointed out though if if there was foul play there too and i mean and this is uncovered i mean there's going to be a big settlement for that right so, so yeah. like this could be a benefit for you know and it could expose bigger than that it could expose like on a bigger level what big pharma is up to and and how how bad that you know
0: yeah, how, right. how
1: far they'll go, right? Like, yep. I think yeah. I think that that is a, a very uh, noble cause. And,
0: absolutely, and c- certainly. We hope everybody listening contributes. You know, yeah. like, absolutely. Like certainly. this is this is huge. And then, Tina, just let us know. You know, you've got allies here at Truzilla. If yep. there's anything we certainly. can do to help and support the cause, if you want to come back on, give us an update in like a you know month, couple months. You know, we'd love to have you. So certainly.
2: Okay, thank you so <sighs> much. Yeah,
0: thank, yeah. thank you Tina. so much. Awesome. Well, all right. Well, excellent. We'll uh, we're gonna end it there, and we'll. Uh, I'm gonna actually just cut the recording real quick and then we'll just check in afterwards, so.
3: Everybody, that was Tina Marie with Mm -hmm. learntherisk.org. We're recording this the next day after uh, actually Scott and Ed sat with Tina. I had to take... uh, A little bit of a mental health day things get a little bit heavy for me at times and the lockdowns aren't easy on anyone but i needed to kind of protect my energy yesterday so i was very very sorry to miss that interview but um i'm i'm better for it personally just in terms of taking care of myself so um, we're helping to uh to take it out today
0: well, i think um, that's a really important thing you mentioned too mm-hmm. like you know that that needs to be validated like like gosh dang it people like yes it's okay to not be okay sometimes and it take some time for yourself take care you know? of yourself sometimes if things one gets thing, a little heavy yeah. and you got
3: to listen to your inner voice and and like for me too i've learned a lot uh, over the last year, especially about just protecting my energy and and trying to make sure that I stay in a mental space where I can thrive. Um, a lot of people know this about me. Not everybody does. Um, I mean, technically, I've you know been diagnosed as a, as a clinical depressive. Um, so these are internal battles that I fight that I choose not to be medicated for. And for the most part, I, I thrive pretty well, especially at this point in my mm-hmm. life. But um, but sometimes life does get uh, a little bit heavy for me. So. Yeah. Anyways, I think it's uh, just important to take care of yourselves and uh, try to get yourselves surrounded by good energy and and definitely feed yourselves good food Mm -hmm. um, and and just try to be connected. For me, a huge part of my well-being comes from connection. So Mm -hmm. when I don't have that for a length of time and sometimes all it takes is six or eight hours, I go downhill very, very quickly. So... Um, anyways, but I was, uh, I'm anxious to, uh, have the episode release yeah. so that I can hear it in its entirety. But, yeah. uh, anyways,
1: well, we love you, Megan. And yeah. I think you're going to love the episode because yeah. Tina Marie is exactly, um, she's someone who walks in her own truth and yeah. that's, and that's what we're that all speaks to, to me, do,
0: right? Despite, despite all obstacles totally. and, and against every Energetic everything dark, against dark her, energy dark energy against, against her, against yeah, her. Totally. yeah, totally, yeah. I,
1: against and the the division within a movement that's really a positive yeah. movement, but there there is those, you know, it's been infiltrated, right? So, that's like, crazy. They, they always do, right? They always are, but you know, um, yeah. I think. You know, to me, it was a little eye-opening. I thought that this was, man, this movement, man, this is the movement that's all on the right track. But it's, you know, you're going to have your bad apples in any movement. Absolutely. You're going to have your, your plants, really. Yeah. totally. Plants. Yep, so, so I think
0: that's just really the most important thing, you guys. Like, please do what you can. Support LearnTheRisk.org, you know, yeah. go look at their website. There's just a wealth of information. You know, the bet, the way we get out of this is each one of us has to teach somebody something yeah. yep. about this. And, you know, we're on here doing this, so you take this information and go share it with somebody else. Go share. learn. Uh, so the website for you listening, everybody listening, bit.ly forward slash learn the risk, you know, put it on your social media, you know, just share it, tell a friend, tell your coworkers, like it's, it's in a relatively innocuous thing, you know, like, like this is,
1: Really important. Yes. Brandy Vaughn was a whistleblower for Viox. We all yeah. know, like, no matter where you stand on this issue, yeah. like, you, we all know Viox killed hundreds of thousands of people, and Big Pharma got away with it, and they just paid five billion dollars, right? And they're so,
0: trying to bring it back. They're trying yeah, to rebrand totally. it. And well, bring now it back. that she's dead,
1: yeah, yeah. Totally, yes, totally, yeah. right. So uh, this is this is something we all, we, like, she she told us this was going to happen, and it mm-hmm. happened. We yeah. need to uncover this truth. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is what because she's one about. of us.
0: Yeah, Especially yeah. if you just got your COVID vaccine, you owe it to your family. <laughs> Go make it up to your family. Do something <laughs> positive, right? <Man laughs> do something alive. positive. Anyway. Gosh. Yeah.
3: All right. So, um, we're closing. Yeah. you yeah. <laughs> <I'm laughs> confused we do it this way. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you, everybody, for your support. Please go and find and support Tina Marie. Thank you so much for constantly supporting us for your yeah, love, encouragement, yes. your positive comments, and your interactions with us. Um, it, it it really helps uh, all of us to stay connected and, and and you know I think it feeds us forward to keep mm-hmm. doing what we're so doing. I well, mean, we would do so it anyways, but well. it, mm-hmm. it helps to just light that fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Agreed. I am Megan sitting here with my wonderful friends Scott and Ed. We wish all of you intellectual prosperity. Good night.
0: Beep beep. beep Ding. I like that. Yeah.